0: Hello and welcome to Tools in the Shed, a podcast powered by Cars Guide, ready to rip into car stuff that's caught our eye this week. I'm James, and with me is Mal, who's been watching other people get bogged in an American icon. I have indeed. Hello all. And Andrew Chesto Chesterton, who's been looking at the best way to put a new car in our garages. Howdy all. And we'll update you on everybody's favourite tweeting genius in this week's Muskwatch. So stay with us. But happily, once again, we've had some feedback, which is wonderful. So we've had a, I can only call this person a Korean person because their signature on YouTube is in Korean. I don't read uh, Korean, so I'm going to call them, respectfully,
1: Korean person. You didn't feed it through Google Translate?
0: I I don't know how. Um, (laughs) (laughs) In the sense that, yes, you can go Korean to English, but I couldn't actually grab the characters, so I don't know how to type the Korean characters, is what I mean. All right? So he actually was feeding back in response to an episode from a couple of months ago, episode seventy-five, where uh, we looked at the Chrysler three hundred SRT was one of the cars in our garage, mm-hmm. and he wants to know whether we favoured that car or the Kia Stinger GT. You know which which is the best car so he hasn't given any context in terms of what he wants out of a car so i mean just in the on a thumbnail do you want to do a a vote and two out of three wins just to put a couple of specs out there Mm. um you've got the stinger is about 60k so that's your v6 um gt gt that
1: is making up the majority correct
0: so it's a 3.3 liter turbo Uh, you've got your 300 srt which is about 75k Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 6.4 litre um, V8, naturally aspirated. So Stinger, 272 kilowatts, 300, 350 kilowatts, 0-100. The Stingers at just below five seconds. The 300s claim to get there in four and a half. So fifteen thousand dollars difference between the prices. They're both three-wheel drive, four-door sedans, but they're so different in their mm. character. Um, it depends on really what you want out of a car.
2: Let's take a vote, though. Okay. Well, I'm going to be annoying. Yeah. I'm going to have a foot in each camp. Uh, so let me say you're this. Buy both. I think that, I think the Stinger, long term, in terms of ongoing ownership costs, in terms of fuel use, in terms point. of overall ownership happiness, is probably the right choice. But in terms of V8 rear wheel locking excitement, very hard to go past the Chrysler. I think. So if I was taking one for a weekend, give me the 300. Yep. If I was taking one for a year, Forever. give me the Stinger. What are so you reckon now?
1: Two half votes. Yeah, half vote for oh, each. Year. Bloody hell. Uh, well, I'm very glad the 300 exists. Yes. I'm very glad it's, wound, it's way onto the uh, New South Wales Highway Patrol, but uh, I'd have the stinger anyway. You'd have
0: the stinger. Yeah. Well, having just recently been in that SRT, I think that was why we talked about it a couple of months ago. It was huge fun, but it's a nice place. It's the quintessential nice place to visit. i take your point, Chester. Mm-hmm. I think living with it, it's not as uh, practical, let's say, as the Stinger. And the Stinger does deliver a lot of driving enjoyment. So if you're into that rear-wheel drive sedan kind of thing, m- my vote would probably be with the Stinger.
2: Plus, if I'm not mistaken, does the Stinger GT come with Kia's seven-year warranty? Yeah, it I does. Mean, yeah, it runs or on regular unleaded fuel as well. Performance there performance go, isn't it? Now,
1: as a hatchback, you can put white goods in. Mm-hmm. So there it is, Korean person.
0: That's uh, that's our feedback for you. Is they're it just possible?
1: telling the votes? I believe that's two and a half to half. Two and a half to half. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So that's right. That
0: helps. Pretty pretty. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of voting going on this there. week.
2: And if, if, if our Korean person's just getting a podcast from a couple of months ago, is it possible that they're North Korean? Should we make that? We sometimes
0: do have a delay on our podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe they're just a, yeah a couple of months behind. David Anderson. Now, we talked about the RAV4, new RAV4, last week. Um, he likes the new uh, RAV4 and thinks the hybrid option is a step in the right direction. He says, but the car he saw was in a weird, vivid grey colour that would be better suited to a 50s insane asylum. <laughs> so he's got, um, he's got something like, you know, one flow of the cuckoo's nest in his mind, yep, the interior yep. decor there, I'd say. Now, I had a look on the website, and you've got Silver Sky, or it's possibly Jungle Car Key. Are uh, the only, and that's only available on the edge, the jungle khaki. But mm-hmm. it does look a little grey style. So I don't know which colour he actually saw, but uh, that's his take on the colour.
2: Well, there was a time when if someone was going to get into a Rav Four. I would recommend they, they visit also visit an, insane, an Yeah. <laughs> but but um, I have been told, now I haven't driven, but I have been told the new one is uh, pretty fantastic. Hey, yeah, all right. so right. I think, is that an edge specific colour, that uh, grey?
1: Yes. The last one is, yeah. yes. Absolutely. It's funny because they had that on, they had a similar grey on the FJ Cruiser years ago. Uh-huh. So you could say, oh, a typical Toyota, the last to the the, the flat grey party that's been invoked I think for the it was called and... cement. Cement, right. I remember looking it up. Yep, cool. <laughs> but uh Anyway, good to see Rav getting a bit of personality. Absolutely. So
0: thank you, David. Thank you for that. Now, Hammer Rocks is a regular commenter, and he has some reservations about Audi's green wave. This is the technology where mm-hmm. car is able to talk to the traffic lights and smooth, like, grease your path through the traffic lights. He's basically saying, you're dreaming. <laughs> Cities are so choked with traffic anyway. All of that's academic you're probably through a couple of cycles of the lights just to get across the intersection, mm-hmm. that alone having your green wave, you know, uh, made for you. And I think that's a valid point. I think so too. Hmm. Mal mm, so, gives it a nod and a hmm. It
1: sounds good for passenger comfort, but terrible for traffic flow.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I think reality uh, comes up against new technology ideas. All the time. All the time. All so the time. So that is a super valid point. Thank you, Hammer Rocks. Mm. Now, also a first-time commenter, Donster long-time listener, first-time commenter, nice. uh, Donster, has, he's bemoaning the difference between the US and Australian versions of the RAV4 Cruiser. So here, we don't get a panoramic sunroof, and we don't get uh, drive mode selection. So he's saying, why on earth wouldn't you, and why can't Toyota do the full US spec for right-hand drive uh, versions for Australia? So
1: he's noted that difference. I wonder if the UK gets those
2: things. Good point, good point. It might and be a right-hand e- drive-specific it, thing. Is the US RAV built in the US, or do, do we get our cars from the same Great place? Great question, G- I don't Generally know. not, I don't think. I'm, I'm sure. The sure. US has a pretty wide network of uh. I'd be surprised if they got them from Japan, mm. put it yep. that way. And
0: as always, it's going
2: to be a cost equation, what
1: the market will bear. That, mm-hmm. that roof that. is definitely a cost thing. Yes. Mm. Uh, drive selection, it might come down to centre console design. Who knows? Who knows? knows? Cup holder right. size. Mm. So thank
0: you, Donster. That's uh, that's terrific. All of that feedback is most welcome. Thanks indeed for taking the time to let us know uh, what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And now, Mal, we'll go to you. Yep. You have been driving, not for the first time, the latest version of an American off-highway icon. Fill us in.
1: Right. Jeep Wrangler. It's finally in Australia, the new JL. Yep. Uh, i followed its journey from reveal to first drive in America on the Rubicon Trail last year. Now I've driven in Australia. And we got bogged.
0: Right, and not on the Rubicon
1: Trail. No. You got bogged. Locally. We got bogged in Australia. Hey, it crawled over Rubicon Trail a sweat.
0: Maybe the first bogging ever of that car in Australia. Oh, uh,
1: it's been in America nearly eighteen months. No, no, no not no, in, Australia. in Australia. In local Australia,
0: first local, first local bogging. First local bogging. Nice. And it Good wasn't point. you though. But it, w- it wasn't you.
1: Wasn't me. But I'd like to think of the people uh, in attendance as, as a bit was of team. team effort. <laughs> um, <laughs> A team bogging. Well, nice. okay, put it this way. It was the lead car that got bogged, so it rendered everyone else behind
0: Did anyone it stuck. snorkel the bog while it was happening?
1: Bit of bog snorkeling.
2: Is that You're a not football term? It? No. <laughs> it sounds like it should be. Yeah. Anyway,
0: let's move on. <laughs> anyway,
1: we got bogged, and we got bogged in the best possible way. Okay, it great. It was great. Uh-huh. You know, uh, it may sound mad, but you haven't been full driving until you've been stuck. Sure. Yeah. sure. It was great to get stuck on a media event, because typically... They're pretty soft. Right. Uh, yeah. So we really put the car through its paces. And if it didn't have uh, diff locks front and rear and mud tyres out of the box, this is the Rubicon, right. we would probably still be there.
0: And you were telling me that, of course, everyone wanted to take charge. of. of everyone was an instant expert.
1: Well, there were plenty of uh, four-wheel drive experts in attendance, editors <laughs> of magazines, et cetera, right, et cetera. Right, but it, right. it worked out quite nicely. How right. long
2: was it bogged for?
1: I reckon about an hour. Okay. Uh, wow. But it okay. was just as the sun was setting. <laughs> The temperature for the day was a high of 10, so it was dropping rapidly. Oh, no. No yeah. phone reception. Right. Uh, we're an hour away from our dinner location, so the journalists were getting a bit nervous. But so, so it was good fun. Yeah. So when Bloody it wasn't fun. up to its axles, how did it cope with local conditions? It was, it was once again... It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. The Australian one lacks uh, some of the details of the American Rubicon. We only drove the Rubicon. Um, yeah. So the Australian one gets uh, smaller tyres, but they are mud terrain instead of all terrain. Uh, We also don't get the inch of extra ride height the American Rubicon gets, so it's basically an inch and a half lower than the American Rubicon, Uh, but we still get the the diff locks and the sway bar disconnects and uh, the ultra-low crawl ratio. And uh, it's a very, very capable vehicle. Fantastic!
2: Can we take the doors off and fold down the windscreen and all that kind of fun we stuff? We sure can. We can, really? not legally, not legally. Oh, okay. wow!
1: So the problem is, if you fold in, fold down the windscreen, you lose your rearview mirror from the because it's attached to the windscreen. Yep. If you take the doors off, you lose the side mirrors. Yeah. So if you're bombing around the property, sure. If you like uh, everything in your teeth, but uh, possibly in your thighs. It's not as
0: if FCA has put a cheeky little weld on the bottom of the
1: windscreen so you can't do it. You can do it. Oh, you can definitely do it, and it's easier than before. Okay. um, But ultimately, it's those two things that uh, cause it to have a You would be a red-hot bait
0: for the police, wouldn't you, driving around with your windscreen now?
1: But also, they're kind of fundamental strength areas if you're going for passenger safety. Good point. So, uh, you may recall the JL got a one-star Euro NCAP rating late last year. Yes. Uh, that doesn't necessarily apply to Australian ones, because we get AEB and uh, rig, uh, so, No, blind spot monitoring as standard, and it will be standard across all three trim levels uh, by the end of the year. Yeah. At which point uh, Jeep is going to have a chat with uh, NCAP and hopefully nudge that figure beyond one stars. If it got three, I think it's yeah. pretty impressive for, yes. for such a car. What yep. does it cost? The car, yeah, from it forty-eight to sixty-eight. Okay, so it's moved up. The entire range has shifted up the price scale a fair bit. Yes, but it comes with so much more stuff mm. than before. It's so much yep. safer than before. Yep, it's got CarPlay. It's got dual zone, uh, you know, air conditioning, climate control. It's for what it is. It's pretty clever. It mixes those two worlds of everyday life and incredible mm. off-road ability. Question well.
0: without notice, Mal. I noticed the headlights. They seem to have like a dark tint to them. Yet the whatever illuminates them is kind of lurking in the back. What, what kind of headlights are they? Do they're LEDs. LEDs. LED they LEDs. They look very cool.
1: Very, very cool. And yeah. um, I think I mentioned last time we were talking about it, the internals were actually styled from some binoculars from Star Wars. Is that right? Yeah. So you wouldn't think Jeep
0: designers <laughs> are you to Star Wars, but there you go. That's the thing, isn't it? The Jeep designers, I reckon they have the most fun out I of any design team in the world. I agree with you. But because they're encouraged to go out and do all the things that Jeep Owners do definitely, and then fold all that into the car definitely, and you find those wonderful little design Easter eggs the Easter that eggs. they always leave in there, and it's full
1: of that? Easter eggs. They love to talk about in the press conferences and stuff. But I learned of a new one hey, on the weekend. What's the best I'm one? Sorry, while I was there, yeah. So there's a couple on the windscreen wiper surround ahead of the windscreen, the plastic surround, uh, which is textured plastic. There's a little, two little. Untextured shapes, which are in the shape of thongs or flip flops, as the American call them, mm. and apparently that's a homage to David Freiberger, who is a mad Jeep head and uh, great, uh, big time automotive identity. You probably know from YouTube, but makes me want. I, I want an Easter egg. You want my your, Easter? What do you, what do you think your Easter egg would what be? Would it be? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not I, think, I think a big smiling face. Yeah, probably you know, somewhere. You
0: open up the glove box, <laughs> and there'd just be. A, Mouse face. If recessed into, or the possibly when the new Combi type.
1: comes, I could get the spare wheel cover on the front. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. I'd be happy
0: with that. All right, happy Volkswagen. Well, be. that's good. So um, at this point, on the basis of it's only that that one model, the Rubicon. Yeah. Um, so we'll follow up with in-depth reviews as yeah. Those so the Overland arrive. is
1: coming, and I think the Sport S might arrive, might arrive on the fleet when it finally gets all the safety gear. Gotcha. But. Gotcha. Uh, Anyway, it's a very impressive car, and the climbiest track in Tasmania is great. Can one, I just ask you one
2: more thing about the Wrangler? And, yes. And keep in mind, I've never done this. I'll preface it by saying I've never actually done this, but the whole idea of folding down the windscreen to me, you know when you are doing off-roading, and you pull up, and your windscreen is covered in mud and oh, dirt yeah. and bugs, yeah. and is that not... Your face with the windscreen? Well, as You're I sure. said, if you if you enjoy understand. getting
1: everything in your face. You'd be
0: picking the blowies out of your yeah, teeth. Yeah, I'm just not sure <laughs> I
2: understand the appeal of it, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah. think,
1: like. I think some markets might enjoy it so they can poke things through the front oh, and uh, okay. sort of have a direct okay. line of sight with things they're so projecting they come, frisbee, from the vehicle. Like,
2: frisbee golf, I presume. Exactly. Yeah. Automotive Frisbee golf.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, likewise, the doors. Like... Yeah, imagine the dust that had come through. you Yeah, good for you know getting air up your shoes. Probably short something that stuff, sounds um, yes much better in theory than than in practice. But it's you know pretty cool to roll down the esplanade at uh, I don't know the beach. There's yeah, that too. Buy, As well. yeah. There's that too.
0: All right, we'll we'll, we'll all right leave it there, on the Wrangler. And um, Chesto, you <laughs> yes. want to you open you want to open up this uh, discussion around how people may actually acquire. New and used cars, I suppose. I do. Um, as time goes by, what's what's your thoughts?
2: And look, the spark for this is Genesis, who. who uh, Not the uh, band of the 80s. With no, Collins, not the band. Who, who I did recently. One time s- drummer and latter uh, lead vocalist. And I did recently see in concert uh,
0: <laughs> did Mr. You feel? Mr. Did Phil. Did you feel in the air tonight?
2: Uh, no, mostly because he, he's was he so old now, and he had hurt his hip, I think, from memory. So they had to wheel him out in a chair like Hannibal Lecter. <coughs> I think and he just got, sort of, got no. of sat there for two but hours. But
0: wasn't Hannibal Lecter wheeled around
1: upright? Yeah, well, he like, did, he
2: did get up at some point.
1: Pretty much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so seeing Phil, when he can no longer play the drums, does take some of the fun out of it. Anyway, uh, so Genesis, the car brand. Phil Collins s- with some fava beans, white <laughs> wine sauce. It's <laughs> yes, exactly. But Genesis the car brand, is what we're referring to specifically. Now, they are sort of revolutionising the way they sell cars. Namely, there will be no Genesis dealerships. Now, we know this already. They're going to have Halo stores in both Sydney and Melbourne. I think they're the only two that they've confirmed for now, but you can expect another one in Brisbane in time. The benefit is there's no uh, dealership to pay, no dealership staff to pay, no service centres, because I think they appreciate… the Halo ones. No, so all of those people are Genesis employees. So they'll yep. be employees of the Hyundai Motor Corporation. Yep. The benefit there is it is going to be a slow start for Genesis. I think they know that. Mm. And so there'll be no dealers screaming down their neck saying, we've invested all this money in dealership design, we've got all this stuff, and we're just not selling enough cars to make it worthwhile. So Which
1: was an issue for Infinity when correct. they arrived. Because so, they had the Halo shops and they went and they... Sort of sourced staff from outside of the automotive world. Exactly. They had uh, airline staff. Yeah, and I think Genesis is basically doing the same thing. People. It's
2: a customer service focused thing, but they're sort of shifting the way they their profit line from saying it's no longer going to be a commission based model. All of our staff are employees of us, and instead they get incentivized on things like customer service. So no pressure mm. tactics. No pressure you tactics. You don't get exactly. that kind of crunch and, into the sale. Correct. correct. Fixed pricing. Mm-hmm. And fixed pricing yeah. and, and a very short options list. So anyway, that that, I, that sort of sparked this idea with me about cars. And that is, why are cars one of the only products where if I go to one dealership on one side of the city, I can pay a price? And if I go to another dealership on the other side of the city, I can pay a different price entirely. Yeah, so, for the same car. For the exact same car. So the idea for me is if you buy a premium vehicle, you drive out of the dealership, you're feeling super chuffed about it, you're in your new car, everything's going wonderfully. And then you pull up next to someone else who's got the same car. They tell you that they paid seven grand less because they went to a different dealership how mm. quickly does that burst a new car sure. bubble, right yeah sure so why are we not living in a world now where cars are just a price why, uh-huh. don't, why don't manufacturers just say our car is twenty nine nine ninety? it doesn't matter if you go to Hyundai in Blacktown Hyundai in Campbelltown Hyundai in the city it's 29990 mm. nine ninety. that's it would mm. that not encourage more people to go to a dealership you know it's interesting I think the
0: psychology of buying a car sometimes is you're happier if you've got the sense of I've got a deal I agree. Now, Now, it it might be free floor mats. Yeah. You know, that's your deal. Or it might be a substantial sum of money off the price. Correct. Somehow, the culture and history of car buying, here and in other countries, Mm -hmm. is all about We've both got to walk away happy here. Yep. You know, you've know, you got to get a good price as the salesperson, and I've got to get something out of it as the buyer.
2: But I think that also acts as a deterrent for a lot of people who perhaps aren't confident in the bartering process or negotiating process, yep. aren't confident about what a car is actually worth. I think that prevents them going to a dealership. And I'll give you a point. There was an American study recently. They asked 1,000 car buyers what they'd be willing to do to avoid shopping for a new vehicle in a dealership. And they came up with the following, doing their taxes, enduring a month of celibacy, squeezing into the middle seat in the economy cabin of an aeroplane, were all things they would rather do than go and negotiate with a dealer over a car price. Now, there's another study, this one by KPMG, their Global Automotive Executive Survey, says that 50% of all dealerships will vanish between now and 2025. And those that do survive will have to evolve from what they call transaction hubs, i.e. going to buy cars, and into experience hubs that are operating that customer service sure. level. Sure. Sure. So the idea I guess would be that you would purchase a car either online or direct from the manufacturer and the dealership then becomes a service center where you go and talk about the car, yeah. maybe upgrade things if you need to. It's obviously where your servicing gets done, etc. Right. And it just takes that buying pressure out of the equation. Well,
0: it will be if that's the way things go, it will be the first mover in the market that gets the benefit of all of that I because 100% agree. customers will go where they want to go. Yep. They'll, they'll drive change once someone has the gumption to to change the model. I agree. Model.
2: And yeah. we are seeing it already. So Genesis is one, of course, but we know that Mercedes has their Mercedes me cafe sort of concept store in the middle of Melbourne. Melbourne yeah. Again, no pressure tactics there. They just have a single car on display. You can ask about models if you want to, or mm. you can just get a cup of coffee and a sandwich. Yeah. Um, we know that Subaru, for example, has sold the BRZ slash BRZ. Uh, online exclusively, and we know that Supra is going to be doing the same thing. So Toyota will be selling the Supra to to customers via a... uh, And so they're inspired
1: by different circumstances. With Supra and BRZ, it was limited supply and too many dealers to give a car each to. Yep. Um, So, you know, multiple circumstances heading in that sort of same... uh, heading towards that same solution. But for me, it just feels
2: like the natural conclusion of this. So so dealerships become a service centre service model, and you just pay a price for a vehicle.
0: Well, I think the web has done a lot to even up the scales mm. in terms of the relationship between buyers and sellers when it comes to car retailing. People are better informed before they ever cross the threshold of a dealership or pick up a phone to Absolutely. speak to somebody. And I suppose inevitably, once someone's experienced the car, yeah, their preference probably is to go and buy it online yep. rather than do that haggling. So it's going mm. to be an amalgam of, of all of those things.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And we've seen uh, in my set of the pants vibes, we've seen the local experience evolve significantly in the last I yeah, suppose, since the turn of the millennium. Yeah. You know, we're seeing new car showrooms with far bigger in- indoor spaces, more cars inside. Yeah, It's easier to go and look at them when they're raining. Absolutely. I'd like to think that the, the staff are better presented and less pushy. Yep. This is new cars. Yep. Um, and look, the and mouthful in seat
0: answer. of the pants vibe is not to be underestimated. <laughs> That's been a key indicator <laughs> over the years. Remember that octopus that was. struck? Right. <laughs> yeah. Which way octopus? is the election going to go? I'll, I'll just feel my seat of the pants <laughs> vibe.
2: Where was your seat of the pants vibes pre that Wrangler boggy? They that's should have had on, on
0: ABC on Saturday up. night maybe, with uh, maybe post Mr. Green. <laughs> yeah. All right. Look, I, next year, I, next the, time. The, the clock's ticking. I think we've got to move on. Sure. So thank you, Chesto. Food for thought. Love to hear what people listening are watching. Think of that maybe you bought a new car recently, how was your experience? Would you prefer to be doing it online?
2: Let me pose you a very simple question. Given the choice, would you rather negotiate a price with a dealership on a dealership lot or would you rather have a price online that you know you're gonna pay and pay that price directly? Would you rather try and get a deal not being certain that you'll get one or would you rather have a fixed price? Let us know.
0: Yes. Yes, and what would you rather do other than negotiate and haggle a price? <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, Let's let extend that. that list. <laughs> um, okay, so, Mal, we'll talk about what's been in our garage. So, cars we've been to some launches, and yeah, okay. Yep. and uh, <laughs> We'll do the bird dance. So, cars we've lived with for a little longer, and this is
1: a German hatchback of the most premium nature. Mine? Yes. yes. So, uh, it's been. Sorry, I finally had the chance to drive the Audi A7 this week, which is their. Big five door hatch or four door coupe, depending on uh, how you like to look at these things. Version of the new A6, which is yet to arrive in Australia, Um, but it's kind of a piece of design. You know, the old A7 was quite an arresting design. Um, I drove the the petrol V6, which is I think still the only variant on offer in Australia. Okay, there's a four cylinder and a diesel uh, due about now. Yep. Um, But may I say it is a classic example of photos not capturing. Just how special the design is. Um, I, you know, in the initial photos, I thought, oh, it's a bit obvious uh, yep. compared to the old one. Yep. But, um, and the front is still quite corporate Audi. And if you looked at it front on, you might confuse it for any number of other Audis. But the rear three-quarter is incredible. Oh, and The profile, great. in great. the flesh, there's just great. some really beautiful flush surfaces and the way the glass interacts with the, this is in a black one as well. Yes. The glass meets with the the, um, the body. um, so that's the design, but um and what
0: about the interior, Mal? I mean, I think Chester, you and I were having a conversation uh, a while ago about how it's all beautifully finished and everything mm. is put together in an immaculate fashion. Mm. But it feels a little cold. You know, there's not a lot of soul or heart in the interior of some Audis. How does it? How does it feel from that point of view? Oh, I didn't feel that. You didn't I feel think that? That? I mean, okay. I mean,
1: the the one I, the one I drove was. Black and silver and a few other shades of black, which is yep. pretty cold, but um you could probably easily get around that by uh, colour choice through the options list. So but you do the pants vibe? I didn't find it cold. Okay. okay. Full well, of heaters and made the pants a suck in the pants. <laughs> what do you, but but, <laughs> but, pants. but I must say I'm a huge fan of these big five door hatches because of their pretty color. Yeah, They're great. You open the boot, little hatch, and the boot length is enormous. Fabulous. You could almost you could yep. fit Probably a BMX in there without putting the seat down, and in there. and you and your partner. What everyone wants to do. You and your partner have two kids, so yes. it, that's a massive
0: focus for you. Um, yeah. You know. At- at this stage of life
1: but mixing that practicality with a beautiful mm. shape
0: yeah there's a lot to be said for it win-win yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. you know I much of a fan of the wagon I am anyway but um, mm. alright we'll, well
0: we'll keep moving so sure. thank you very much for that Mal now Chester you've been in a different part of the market tell us what's been uh, so your transport so I'm two
2: and a half months into a long term Holden Equinox loan at the moment and, and I'll start this by saying that I agree with Mal for a long time I have thought that unless you're in Into bogging Wranglers on on your weekends, there's really nothing that an SUV offers you that a really good wagon doesn't do a little bit better. So I haven't, I've never really been a huge fan of the urban SUV. I just don't. I've always been a wagon fan more than an SUV fan. It's really as simple as that. So this has been a real learning curve for me because I've spent more time living with this SUV than I have with any in the past. As I said, it's into about ten weeks straight now. And i got to tell you, it's growing on me. There are, there are moments when, for example, we're in the process of renovating a very, very terrible house. And so we constant trips to Bunnings, constant trips to Flower Power, constant trips to any sort of hardware store to pick up timber. You constant that, trips to the bank. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Is there ever. I'm actually thinking about selling the Equidox if anyone's <laughs> this interested. Just, carrying all his money around. <laughs> So You'll hand this equinox that back, back that has steel rims on yeah, it, you know, exactly. some other <laughs> interior. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, in that Spears sense, God. I guess every time I open the boot and it's sort of almost chest height loading heavy things into the into the back, it, it suddenly makes a lot more sense. I could tell you that my wife loves driving, it loves the high dr- driving position, loves the vision from the driver's seat, which is very handy as well. But there is one obvious downside. So, we are an urban family just not your traditional one we have a little uh, furry four legged friend that we uh, yeah. treat like our child i don't yeah. think you're a
1: nuclear family but
2: that that scenario is pretty common pretty common yeah definitely yeah. atomic so we uh, yeah oh, exactly. <laughs> so uh, and so and our little dog rides in the back of the car. Now the only problem with that is for some reason after a run at the park or whatever, our, our dog just continues to explode a combination of fur and saliva. Nice all one, all over the back seat like it's been detonated back I there. Feel holding going. Hello Holden. Yeah, absolutely incredible. So I I apologise in advance, Holden. Anyway, so this is the uh, fabric seat edition. So um, it, right, which I have found does take a require a lot of careful scrubbing after every right, trip to ensure right, right, that it right. remains in its most pristine condition. So, if I was to opt for an Equinox to purchase, I would be going from what we've got, which is the LT, to the next trim level, which I think is the LTZ, is it not? Sounds right. Bear with me. Yes, I think it is. The LTZ, which which then includes the, uh, the leather look seats at the back, which yep. would make all the difference for us. A
0: more... Uh Pit friendly. Uh, yes, yeah. and, uh, and kid friendly too, yeah, so yeah. don't forget, you know. Mm. It
1: is, it's much easier to wipe vomit off leather than uh, cloth. Oh. Oh. Well, but that's, that's the reality. A, that's because
0: you're just a party animal.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> Saturday happens every week. <laughs> anyway, so yes, it's growing on Andrew might I suggest also maybe a blanket or a sheet over the back seat? Who has time for a blanket (laughs) or a sheet? You're right, you're right.
2: My seat of the pants vibes tells me that it is simply not necessary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This time-poor world we live in.
2: And Yes, there you go, it is the Life
0: in the fast lane. You can can see pictures of uh, Chesto's wonderful four-legged friend actually featuring in the most recent update on that
1: car on the site. We should probably get some in the background of this uh, very telecast. Absolutely.
0: Oh, we could have. Yes, we could have. Now, uh, I'll finish off the rounds of what's in the garage with the Haval H2. So, Haval's a Chinese brand owned by Great War. Um, a lot of people are seeing great things for various Chinese brands. Haval has a, a three model offering. This is the entry point in Australia. It's a 1.5 litre turbo, about $21,000. That's a um, big, small SUV. It's a big, small SUV. Uh, so, it's a full five seater. It is a bit of a time capsule in that a lot of things feel twenty years ago. Um, Particularly the multimedia interface. Um, It's like something you haven't seen for a long time. Tiny little graphic to show you what the heating and ventilation's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just not used to that. Also, um, somewhat unsure. You know, you're lacking confidence with the on-center feel of the car. There's something in the geometry. I'm sure. That just gives you that sense of I'm not really in tune with the way this car's um, steering and mm. holding on. So, um, no reversing camera. No well. reversing no camera. Reversing a lot of things camera, missing. Yeah, yeah. You get some sensors, but you don't get a camera. Things that you now have come to take for granted mm-hmm. that aren't there. Now it's a, it's a sharp price, but it's still twenty one grand. So yeah, it's you know, not that sharp. It's not that twenty one grand so to buy you CX three and plenty of others. Absolutely. I'm in the midst of writing the review on that car now, and you've got to weigh up that kind of stuff. So it's you're mm-hmm. sort of
2: buying space there, I suppose. You you? are. Because it is is a lot of car, size-wise, for the rest of money. And there's
1: a lot that feels good. I think the paint quality and a lot of the interior plastics feel surprisingly good.
2: You know, we all... Uh, approach Chinese products with a degree of caution. Can but, I ask, because um, you spent much more time with it than I did. I, I only drove it for about half an hour last night. But one quirk I noticed was it's got, actually got quite a nice screen, uh, a driver's screen it's mm-hmm. displaying the yeah. dash. But when you cycle through the options, you seem to be able to get things like average speed, fuel consumption. No digital speed no, 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 no. Yeah, that's okay. totally frustrating. That's bizarre. So isn't if uh, you're able to put that up
0: there, why can't you have uh, a digital speed up?
2: Why can't really? I have my average yeah. speed but not my current speed? I yeah. thought I had.
1: Now, I might have been dreaming, because no, I, I often dream about haviles. Turned
0: the turned it upside down to try and get a digital speedo in there and couldn't do it. Yeah.
2: Ah, I thought there were two
1: versions, like two di- You had two different graphic versions of the one readout. Maybe it was distance to empty.
2: Okay. Look, that may need some further investigation. Mate, I spent yeah. a little bit of time fiddling with it myself, the that is, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I couldn't find it for love nor money. We do need to talk
1: about the engine and its performance, though.
0: Yes, that's right. Uh, particularly in the mornings, the lack thereof. Mm. Um, in the sense that you'll start the car and the first time I went to drive off in a reasonably cool mo- morning, but not cold, uh, I thought it was broken. I thought it was failing to proceed because a full depression of the accelerated pedal led to very little action um, at That's the wheels. Right, it just w- was not breathing. It felt like the engine couldn't get any air in or something fundamental was going mm. wrong. It is
1: genuinely sluggish, even when it's yeah. warm. yeah. But if you, um, if you're of the, if you've got a heavy foot and you're um, a friend of demerit point um, collection, uh, perhaps it's the car for you. Yeah, that's
0: right. That's right. It mm. will keep you under the speed limit. Mm. It'll keep you under walking pace. You know, when you, <laughs> when you when, <laughs> on a cold enough morning, that's absolutely <laughs> true. Pedestrian safety. Now we right. are on to the segment that everybody's salivating over. <coughs> it's time for Muskwatch. Okay, so a bit to cover, and we'll we'll go. Look, there's so much. Um, autopilot. So autopilot is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It often brings up discussion as to whether or not that name is appropriate because it conjures up <coughs> thoughts of set and forget, hands off, complete level five autonomy. I think it's t- which, which of totally course, it's not. Name. Now, there's been, according <coughs> to Electrek. Um, a website that deals, as the name implies, with all things electric, Um, a high turnover of staff in the autopilot part of Tesla. Mm -hmm. And in fact, Forbes has now reported that um, Elon has gone out to the team and said, (coughs) look, there's going to be a restructure and it's going to turn the company around. Um, So he's taking this righteous action, and putting himself much closer to the center of how autopilot oh, is going to be operated. That'll help. That, that'll, that abs- you know, because he's the best person uh, for that job. <laughs> it seems he's always the best person yep. for that job. So there's two ways this can go. One, the autopilot gets way, way better really rapidly, or it all turns to you-know-what and yep. We'll, we will wait and see.
2: James, that's also, and and I'll uh, be very careful what I say here, but that also seems to be the general mood around the company more broadly. Yeah. Uh, there's been lots of news this week. In fact, I wrote a story earlier in the week where analysts in uh, the U.S. are describing the situation over at Tesla as a code red yep. that they uh, simply can't sustain the losses they're going through. Their, their stock's tanked, I think, from many- yes, we'll We'll get to that. Oh, oh sorry. We'll yep. get to that,
0: yeah. I'm jumping ahead. No, 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 not at all. I mean, in fact, moving on to that, uh, the deer leader has sent out a memo, uh, an email to staff, saying that without financial micromanagement, and that's the term he used, the company will not survive. Yeah. So he's now said that anything so down to, he is you know, essential. You, you want to buy some more lead pencils from the, the stationery store, we're going to have to sign off yep. on it. It's getting down to that level of micromanagement on finances. So that does not bode well, I've got to say.
2: No, no, it doesn't. And in fact... Uh so the, I think the shares at the moment are t- about two hundred and six dollars, which is still two hundred and five dollars, which is still a staggering amount of money. It, it, it has dropped their market cap below Ford. For I have the an first update. Sometime one ninety five. One ninety five. So
0: they've, they've dipped below two hundred. So two hundred and five
2: was a twenty percent drop. So it's a, a to be. And below remember, Elon was bigger. tweeting about taking it private at four hundred and twenty. At four twenty. Yeah. So Morgan so. Stanley, which is a you know obviously a fairly big uh, in, investment bank, has actually tipped. They, and this is I, I'll preface this by saying they call it a bare case assessment, which means like essentially a worst-case scenario for Tesla, not, not necessarily something that's going to happen, but they, they say the share price could fall as low as $10. Dollars. That's right. Which is uh Which would be the staggering. end of things. Oh, yeah. I, you'd have to think it'd be long gone before it got to that point. But.
0: Now, in another branch of Elon world, um, SpaceX uh, is suing the US Air Force, basically on what sounds like and feels like sour grapes. Um, they have let out a massive uh, rocket development contract and they have favoured Blue Origin, which is Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Um, so he wants to get into space, as we discussed last week. Northrop Grumman and United Launch Alliance, which is Boeing and Lockheed Martin. So they've sent this $2.3 billion worth of rocket development in, in those three companies and SpaceX has said, hold on, what about us? We, we deserve it. We, we should be there. You know, we've done so much stuff with NASA and whatever. So, no, your proposal wasn't good Can enough. So they, they did tender? They did, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But um, unfortunately, Elon was talking to one of the the Secretary of Defense, Patrick Shanahan, and he said that SpaceX had written a, quote, unquote, poor proposal that was off the mark. That's so like, he, he's admitted that. Yeah. And also, years ago, when SpaceX was literally getting off the ground, Elon tweeted a greatest hits mix, which we'll probably see behind us, of all of the failed rocket launches that SpaceX had come up with, ill-advised. Because over time, the US Air Force has seen him as a bad risk. They basically say, yeah. you are too high risk. We're well, not going to go with you.
2: That's the question I, I have about Musk more generally, is when does someone go from being, like I guess, the, the, a helper to the company, the kind of the, the, the halo figure, yeah. to being seen as a, a personality that's too risky to go into business You know,
0: we've had this discussion before. What is the company without Elon Musk? Mm. What is it with him? Elon Musk is not a stock. No. He's a person, but he has a massive influence on the stock of SpaceX, the boring company, Tesla, all of those things,
1: good and bad. Mm -hmm. Morgan did this with Charles Morgan a few years ago. So, anyway, interesting to know that it can happen (laughs) at the other end of the technological spectrum. (laughs) Now, (coughs) also, speaking of the boring
0: company... Which seems the most kind of perilous in some ways in terms of its validity, mm-hmm. whether or not it's doing stuff that people want. Well, bingo, $48.6 million contract with the Las Vegas Visitors and Convention Authority, a loop across 80 hectares of land in Las Vegas worth $1.4 billion. So they, that's done deal.
2: And, and sorry, a loop is in above? Below ground? Below ground. yeah, yeah. So yeah. this
0: is where your car <laughs> – anyway, we could go on – but your car just descends on some platform – joins the loop and wooshka off you go, and then peels off and comes up again at another spot.
1: This may not be a casino, but this is sounding very Howard Hughes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Look, it's early days too. They are a boring company, so yep. they dig tunnels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it may be for some other form of transport. I'd have to do some more research. But what it means is some cash flowing into that business. Wow. There's been a lot of hype, but now here it is, big kind of dollar contract signed. And in other news, uh, Tesla has signed a new media manager, as in social media manager, and it's a guy called Adam Kazari, and he's the program manager for the UK's Reading Museum and Museum of English Rural Life because he tweeted a picture of a massive sheep and said, look at this absolute unit, right? So um, Elon's, Elon's seen that tweet and just started calling everything an absolute unit Loves the absolute unit, and he's hired the guy yeah, well,
1: as a social media manager at Tesla. Meanwhile, people in the office are going with other pencils and biros. <laughs> yeah, that's Exactly, because right. yeah. the sheep he's, guy.
0: He's added a new headcount to the <laughs> oh, social wow. media
1: team. Or is this his workaround? Is he? Is he bought a? Who you knows? Know,
0: a, I think it's funny. We've got a picture of the big sheep. You just uh, cannot us. find witty
2: social commentary like that <laughs> anywhere. The big unit.
1: So the the um <laughs> the, look at yeah
0: look at this absolute unit. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> um, like <a> good one. <laughs> So Bloomberg has six thousand and forty-six Model Threes having been produced in the previous week, yep. which is above that six thousand threshold. That's what they're hovering around. Um, and yes, share price down from two thirty-two this time last week to one ninety-five forty-nine. So yeah, oh,
2: that, that uh, that's a worry because uh, the, uh, the Threes are coming online and they're uh, and they seem to be producing the right amount. And the numbers are still going in the wrong direction. The other thing, and I don't want to turn this into a into an anti-Teslaathon, but The other concern is I I just climbed out of the Mercedes-Benz EQC at their international launch in Norway. And it is a very impressive bit of EV kit, mostly because it feels in most important ways, just like any other Mercedes-Benz SUV. You're right. Same interior treatment. As soon as you get in, it's instantly familiar. The only change is the fact that it's an EV Well,
0: funny that, because they actually invented the car. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, they've had 135-odd years' worth of experience in doing it. Correct. They kind of know their way around. Now, that's not
2: going to help Tesla. And the other one that I'm most fascinated by is, is Rivian. I'm, I'm I'm right on board yeah. the Rivian thing at the moment. I think their products look fantastic. I think if they can do even three quarters of what they're promising, they they sound like really impressive kit. It all it all, but all the promises sound quite realistic. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: But, that just on a subjective level look amazing, unbelievable, They, look they
1: great, look fantastic, they right? look great. Yep, and it, it opens up um, packaging benefits for Utes as yep. well. Like they're just yep. embracing what the box they come in. <laughs> That, the box, no. the box that'll fit within it.
2: But that's just two of of, of hundreds of new EV <laughs> companies and existing yeah. car companies yeah. that are going EV that are going to come online the next five years. So, so if Tesla hasn't secured a spot by now, it's yeah. not going to get it. Well, any that's EV. the
0: risk, isn't it? As first mover, you have got to take advantage of that time, that, you, that buffer mm-hmm. that you have. And if you don't nail it, everyone's
1: going to Everyone be on you. Conflict. And it feels like
0: that that's and, coming. Well,
1: yeah. Yeah. for a long time they had nailed it. Well,
2: and the look, Tesla's, squeaky Tesla's squeaky are popular clean. and people love their Teslas they're mm. devotees That's people we- aspire still aspire they do. Away, you know what do? I distill it down to actually and and in fact the broader car industry does owe Tesla a, a huge thank you for doing mm. what was once deemed impossible and that is making electric cars cool making them desirable making the things that people actually want to have in their driveway no one else had achieved that before mm. the Model S came along well mm. look
0: I think Teslas aren't Absolute unit, you know, they're, they're particularly approach. particularly the Model X. It's it's
2: the
1: biggest unit. It is. Can I ask an important question? This has got nothing to do with the discussion that's been happening in Canberra no. over the last month or so. This but is the seat of the pants. What's the tow rating on the EQC?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I should have that information ready for you, my friend. We'll, have it, okay. next, we'll, we'll have it
1: next We'll have it week. We could talk about it offline. We'll, or I could just read your review yeah, read at review. carsguide.com.au. Uh, exactly. Which we should
2: all do. To Perfect. This ends.
0: <laughs> so, okay. With that, we have reached the finish line. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, James. And thank you, Chesto. Thank you, James. And thanks to our producer, Mr. Pritchard, for his excellent work behind the scenes. You can join the conversation by searching for CarsGuide Guide on Facebook and Instagram using the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au you can listen to and watch us on youtube so jump in jump so jump jump jump, into the comments (laughs) with our regulars and be heard if you're enjoying tools in the shed please let other people know and please rate and review us on itunes it helps other people find the podcast until next week i reckon it's the kids that wouldn't lend you a pencil in school that won't let you merge. In traffic <laughs> losers <laughs> absolute losers <Yep.
1: sighs>